Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 230 of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Souverine, and joining me in the orange, uh, oh no, it's the orange Sidewinder bar now for this episode are, we've got, we've got uh, Commander Edelweiss. Is it 230 or is it episode 230? <laughs> uh, Commander, is Cal with us? I am here, yes. Good evening, everyone. Hello, hello, hello. Commander Shan. Hello. And a couple of special guests. We've got Commander All Crows Are Black from The Distant Worlds 2. Hey, everyone. Commander Ventura. He's a silent tech monkey. <laughs> right, cool, yep. Yeah. And Commander John Burnage. Good evening. Uh, how's everybody doing? Lovely weeks, hopefully. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, are we gone? I was going to say we have to get the bathroom update out of the way, otherwise the Twitch will just be begging for it. Oh yeah, <laughs> I forgot this last time, didn't I? Yeah, okay. Let's uh, let's let's get bathroom update out of the way first. Then. Uh, well, we have got the floor prep ready for the next lot of tiles to go down. Moof um, has been at the he's got a hospital appointment. He had a medical procedure last week, so we're two weeks of not making any progress um, due to start again next week. So after tomorrow, we should have an idea of how he's doing and what he needs and what treatment is going to be next. And then hopefully from that point onwards, he gets some pain relief because it's been a long, painful and unpleasant road for him up till now. And um, I think everyone that knows him just wants it to be under control and um, good for him. But as yet, we're still struggling to try and get him there. So once he's a back, and, yeah, it's, every time he bends over, basically he ends up having to go to the bathroom. So the minute he bends over, he's, uh, it's it's just not a great thing, and uh, the pain and the cramps and all that that come from it um, are on. But that is, uh, I'm not sure, it was Crohn's and ulcerative colitis. I think is the actual sort of. Yeah, they suspected Crohn's, but it's not. It's also colitis. That's what it is. Um, Ugh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a nasty, nasty, nasty thing. A sombre bathroom update today. No, well, he's, he's had it for a while. He's had it for years. He used to work on the boats um, and had to stop working on the boats because of his health conditions. So, um, you know, for his... By working on the boats, you mean he used to work down the docks, don't you? <laughs> yeah, that's probably what the problem comes from, but um, we'll not talk about that. <laughs> when you said that, Cow, it reminded me of that 1970 programme. Uh, if he had a fishy on a little dishy when the boat comes in. <laughs> <laughs> he can make a fiver when the boat comes in. Um, that's a different show altogether. Uh, yeah, move along. <laughs> uh, all right, fair enough. Um, okay, well, if you're uh, if you're listening, you can join us live in game. Um, we're generally hanging around the um, the Orange Sidewinder bar. Between, I don't um, think we are at the moment. I think I think every single one of us is out in the black. Ah, okay. Okay, so you definitely can't hang out with us. None of us are to be seen anywhere. Um, but uh, if you um, hop into our Twitch channel, then you can chat to us there um, through laveradio.com forward slash live. Um, click on live chat and uh, twitch.tv forward slash laveradio. Um, I've got some. I've got some game news and real life news as well. My office has been decorated, shelves up, nearly unpacked, just waiting for my custom paint racks to arrive so I can finish off. So that's been like 
two two weeks or so, and uh, I hit uh, Elite Exploration on my second account this week. Well, hey, I, well I, I I landed at the um the base near Waypoint Four and Distant World, sold up, and it informed me I'd hit Elite in Exploration. So I now don't care about the money. Hey, nice one. Yeah, I, I, I remember when I hit Elite Exploration, I was like, ah, oh, now I don't have to worry about how, how far away things are. And um, the scanning. first time ever in Elite Dangerous, one of my elites has given me the little pop-up with the animation on it. All, all, all my other ones I did before the animation came. So it, it's been duly celebrated as finally I have the right arm commander in Elite Dangerous. <laughs> when was the animation introduced? I, didn't, I don't remember that. Uh, before 2016, I think it was. Ah, fair enough. Um, okay, yeah, well, thanks know, for the, the wee, DIY the wee, update. The wee message that comes in in your message box when you open it, you get fireworks and stuff when you hit Elite. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I've, I know that one, but I didn't realise that it, it, it was a recent addition. I thought it had always been there, which just shows how little progress I've made in the game, really, doesn't it? Even though I've been playing since about early 2014 and didn't hit Elite until... Earlier, uh, mid last year, I think. Well, you see, that's not bad. I hit um, Elite and Trade last year, as well, and uh, I've been playing ah. yeah since the beginning as well. And now I'm Elite in that and Exploration. So Trade Exploration ticked off. Combat, not yet. I'm going to have to get good. Uh, I'm I'm st- I'm stopping at Dangerous because it's a cool word. It's just much nice. It just sounds much better than Deadly or Elite. Uh, yeah, on my second account, that just hit. Exploration Elite, that's going to end up in Colonia, and I'm going to get my Triple Elite for that account in Colonia. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll be fun. That'll be challenging as well, because there's not much there. By way of missions and things. Oh, the plenty of ships. Well, yeah, fair enough. Um, ben, how's your week been? Um, yeah, my week's been, it's been fairly standard, to be honest. I've just been Doing stuff with the family, doing stuff with uh, Stag Eye and Live Radio, doing stuff with work. I think I, I got I did see a man, a brummy dressed up as Deadpool the other day, and I managed to freak him out by saying that Deadpool had a nicer ass than Batman, <laughs> <laughs> which made him very worried, which made me very amused. Such a nerdy way to harass him. <laughs> Oh, yeah, but that had to be done. <laughs> Batman, the way I figure it, Batman hides his bum, right? So, you know, yeah, he does. he's probably got this great big saggy arse, whereas Deadpool's really quite proud of his. Well, you could say that Batman hides it, but he does wear his... Well, depending on, depending yeah. on the iteration, he wears his pants on the outside. What's so... he talking about? He's talking absolute rubbish. What do you mean? What, just because he's got a cape? What, Superman's hiding ah, his arse as well? he's got a cape well. on, so he's... So, does yeah, does a green arrow have a better butt than Batman? Okay, right. <laughs> Screw the main discussion. This is what we're talking about for the rest of the evening. <laughs> um, um, this okay. is butt radio. <laughs> <laughs> this is plague radio. <laughs> I, think, I think half of us have got the plague tonight as well. What's wrong with you all? It's. Um, I'm blaming kids. Oh yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I'm blaming London. Are you in London as well? Uh, well, I went to I went to London at the beginning of the week. I was fine before that. I came back and I got the plague immediately. Ah, fair enough. Okay. 
yeah, well, I live in London and um, I've had it for about the last eight weeks. So there you go. There we go. It's your fault, actually. Yeah, I got it for you. <laughs> it is. Well, new for me this week. I uh, This is my first week of um, beautiful unemployment. Um, I finished work uh, at the end of last week and I've been pottering around at home uh, not getting up, not getting dressed, all that sort of thing, um, which has been really pleasant. And I'm going to have to start doing productive things in a few days' time. But today I um, went for a run, wrote an article for Sagai, and then probably went to bed again and watched um, Night Flyers, the series on Netflix, which is really fun. Anybody seen that? I haven't. Is it any good? It's all right. The first three or four episodes are good. Um, and it, it sort of, by episode five or six, it sort of gets a bit panto. But, um, but before that, it's really good. It's pretty standard kind of generation ship. Yeah, do you not think it's, it kind of... St- I mean, this, this, there's a psychic in it, and he's quite an interesting character, but do you not find that it's very much a retelling of the Event Horizon film with Sam Neill? <laughs> yeah, it's really similar. It's really similar. That's true. <laughs> if you, if you, I mean, it's, it's worth a watch because it's sci-fi, and it's actually it's average. Oh, now um, you've just kind of spoiled it, so I won't be watching it at all. Well, uh, no, no, no. no, no. You, you see, that's just if you've watched Event Horizon, it's a kind of you know, it's like for example when you watch um, st- the the sort of Star Trek, what was it, Voyager, and and you have um, was it Voyager? Yeah, space anomalies that are time anomalies, and then by investigating it, they find out that by investigating it, they caused it. You know that kind of way where you're just thinking we're well, recycling the story, uh, and it's, yeah, the, 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 time, oh, the, the time paradox getting, story. Yeah, where the ship keeps getting blown up, but. One of one of the crew remembers it's being blown up and then helps them out. Yeah, yeah. They've used it in every series since because they think it's oh, clever. Didn't they have that in TNG? Yes, uh, they had it in Discovery as well. Yeah, just recently that was. But although the Discovery did it really well, well. they I'm went. They went. Full. Spoilers. <laughs> I've not seen season two of How many? Discovery yet. Well, it's not season two. It was season one. You, you don't watch season one. <laughs> I've no, I've watched season one, but clearly you haven't. You're lying. I need to rewatch it. It's been a while. I've slept since then. You can't remember the Groundhog Day <coughs> episode of, of Star Trek Discovery. I must have locked it. I really can't. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. <laughs> it just psychologically blocked it from your mind. <laughs> <laughs> I know that they're all doing the parallel universe thing and so on in Discovery. It was when they had, um, um, in case anyone else hasn't seen it, it was when they had uh, uh, an intruder on board that was attempting to... Um, Take over the show. Isn't that every other episode of Star Trek as well? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Their internal security on Starfleet ships is really shit. shocking, isn't it? <laughs> no, and on today's episode of Star Trek, we get infiltrated by a group of three year olds. But they can seem to tell exactly when Worf's having a shit. <laughs> well, they've only got one toilet in the Enterprise. Yeah, so that Worf, Worf is no good anyway. He's about as accurate with the phaser as stormtroopers are with the right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Anyway, anyway. Sorry, yes. Sue. Back, back, back to you. That's okay. I've got a. I'm. I'm chief uh, whip cracker this evening. So um, you kinky bugger. <laughs> uh, right. Okay. Before we. Um, before we get bogged down in a discussion of um, which Star Trek commander has the best ass, uh, we'll have to move on. Um, we hit our. Game-wide community uh, initiative this week. Anybody see that? We all won Frontier paint jobs. Not all of us. What, what do you mean, not all of you? I didn't get one. You should have if you got a Cobra. 
I know. Yeah, I don't. I've got two coverage. I didn't get it. There's a. There does seem to be a little bit of an issue. But some uh, console players didn't get it. Um, a bug in Elite Dangerous? Uh, Never. It's shocking, oh, isn't it? It's just unbelievable. Shocking. Oh. <laughs> a <laughs> bug relating to consoles? Uh, yeah, I haven't logged in and checked either. It looks quite nice, though. Um, did anybody actually do anything to try to help achieve this? Like, go out of their way to fly more? Well, well I don't know about you, but we're flying Distant Worlds 2, so I had to fly about five Kylies. Yeah, exactly. And then I went off and flew back a bit as well. Why did you fly back a bit? I just I got to the place in time, and then I was like, you know what, I've got a day, so I went off and flew another couple of Kylies away, just to mosey around, basically. Yeah, okay. I'm sure I read on the forum somebody flew to like Colonia and then back to the bubble and then back out to DW2 again. So, yeah, well done them. <laughs> yeah, I bet I bet one person like did fifty percent of the goal. <laughs> and I, I'm going to agree with Nephilius here actually. To uh, to Paul or whatever her name is from, um, oh Enterprise has probably got one of the best asses in Star Trek. Cool, good, yeah. <laughs> Um, and in other news, uh, Squadron Leaderboards Season 1 is ending soon. Um, I can't imagine any of you are remotely interested in that. Cow probably is. I am. Yeah. I am. <laughs> Bro, which is um, your squadron? On PlayStation, uh, I'm sort of pseudo-responsible for um, Distant Worlds 2. I'm not actually running it because I have thick... Um, I've got, sorry, I've got my own player squadron. Um, but, you know, I, I'm Distant Worlds two representatives for the console and Distant Worlds 2 is obviously going to cream both combat and um, exploration and my own player group is at number five so um, yeah on the console do we know because you know you get these bobbleheads and rewards and stuff if you are in the top three or whatever it is of the leaderboards do they get taken away if you leave the squadron presumably yeah the checkbox would be, are you a member of the squadron? Well, this this is probably going to be the first season. Yeah, it is. It's the first season. So we've, nobody, we've never seen, we've never had winners. So if they don't get taken away, what's to stop people sort of buying their way into a squadron to get the goodie and then leaving yeah. again? So you can then buy buy your way into the goodies and then leave. I, that just comes down surprised. to the squadrons protecting their uh, memberships better, that's all. <clears throat> that was weird. Yeah, but I'd be surprised if they didn't um, if they didn't immediately disappear when you leave. Um, that well, I don't would, know. Well, no, because I, I mean, I, th- I think you know, as as you say, no one's particularly interested. I know that um, us uh, hunting truckers have been uh, working our butts off. Oh God, interdiction! Well, line on the left, one across each. It was a drop ship as well. I'm going to get into battle here. But we've been working hard on um, getting ourselves into a good position on the trade table. Um, and it's been Yeah, uh, you a should lot be at least work. top five in that, I thought. The number one. Yeah. Are they? We've got, in in trade, you've got Hutton Mobile Truckers, then the, dead, then the Dead Horse, then the Fatherhood, then Sinbad, Anti-Xeno Initiative, the Elite, Dark Enterprise, Enigma Dyson Syndicate, Cobra Wing, and Civitas Day. Who's, um, what's the top five in Xeno Defense? Uh, Anti Xeno Initiative, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, then the, <laughs> I like the Vampire Ponies. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great name. Uh, Thargoid Storm, my Sidewinder. Brilliant. Um, 
<laughs> Talk company. I like this one though. The Vindaluvian Empire. Nice <laughs> <laughs> some red dwarf. Um, then it gets into you know boring ones. Um, immersion is shattered. Combat, we've got the Wing Two Sars, Anti Xeno Initiative, Dead Horse, Fatherhood, um, CQC. Oh, CQC Discord is actually the. Oh, no, sorry, CQC Discord are the only ones in the CQC thing. Oh, no, that's such a shame. <laughs> no, of course they're not. <laughs> it, CQ, CQC Discord, then Players Libertus, Wonders of Witch Space, Delta Squadron, Stumbling Troop, Cannons in there, uh, AID is in there, Sovereignty, and EG. I'm amazed that um, Dead Horse Squadron is doing so well in all of them. I didn't think that, that was um, I didn't think that was particularly coordinated. Well, you know, it's you don't need to be coordinated. You got the leaderboard. You just have to do stuff. Do stuff. Um, and I, I guess it's a function of membership as well. If you've got 500 members and most squadrons have 100 members, for example, then you're five times more effect more effective. Well, it, it does kind of depend though, because numbers of out outright members is less of a factor than the numbers of active members. True. Yeah. 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 That's mm. good. Case in point, my, my squadron, <coughs> we've got 41 active members um, in the squadron, and we're at number five for PlayStation for um, exploration. And that's just, that's not a very large number behind the fatherhood, who have billions. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Gosh, interesting. I mean, in exploration on the PC, it's kind of ridiculous. You, one, one could argue that Distant Worlds, collectively, is taking up positions one, two, three, probably four and five as well. Uh, well Distant Worlds with... Uh, Distant Worlds is number one, then Fleetcom, which is another Distant Worlds one, is number two. Then Distant Worlds 2 is in at number three, then EDSM is number four, and Canon's at number five. Yeah, okay. Uh, oh, I mean, Distant so Worlds 3 is at number seven. <laughs> so there's 500 member limit, and there's uh, and there's 12,000 people on Distant Worlds. So you need 20. That's 24 full squadrons worth of people who are just. If everybody's jumping. in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I felt though that rundown should be done in top of the pops style. Not by me, it's not. Um, we could, we could maybe when it closes. A... Maybe when it closes, we'll do a top of the pops style. We could do a um, or in bingo. Do it like in bingo. A quarterly rundown on the on the winners, with a little what? with a little jingle. Or or you could do in bingo like um, like floating swan number two is whatever <laughs> what it is. <laughs> yeah, uh, no. <laughs> What's uh, the difference between political and power play, by the way? Political or BBGS? Maybe because Wing Two Stars is number one in political anyway. Then. The Inter Interstellar Commun Communist Union, um, Privateers X Alliance, Privateer. Hang on, Privateers Alliance X, and then Privateers Alliance. I don't know what the differences are between those two, but anyway, I know Privateers. I know who. I know Privateers Alliance, but I don't know the difference between them and Privateers Alliance X. Uh, that's Privateers Alliance Expeditionary, and that's the Colonial. Ah, uh, okay. Okay, so the Colonial guys are being more active than the normal Privateers Alliance then. I guess. Fair enough. <laughs> um, what about uh, what about power play? Power play. We've got federal liberal command, federal republic command. So yeah, federal um, liberal command is all of 
Winters's crowd and Republican is all of Hudson's. Right. Then we've got Aisling, Aisling Wing, Ashling Wing, whatever it is. You're, you're the one who's a Nazi about Ashling's name. <laughs> um, <laughs> a Nazi, that's a bit strong. He's, he's always, honestly, it's that guy. He's always like, oh, it's Ashling, it's Ashling about everything. <laughs> Why do you think I deliberately pronounce it Ailing, Ashling, Aising? Ailing. Right, so they're third. They're third, then EG Pilots, Ninth Legion, EG Combat, Lavigny's, yeah. Lavigny's Legion. Yeah, okay. Um, Oceanic Win, never heard of them. Kuma Crew, and Barbara's Crew. Never heard of them either. Yeah. Is it Barbara, like the name? It says Barbara. Barbara's Crew. Brilliant. Barbara's Crew. (laughs) Excellent. All right. Moving on. Um, yeah. The other thing that's announced <laughs> is um, the PAX meet in... Is that Seattle? It's in Boston. Boston. Boston, that's it. Yeah. Is anybody going to that? Nope. Neither me. <laughs> no. Sadly, I don't live anywhere near Boston. It's the it's the kind of thing that a lot of the streamers end up going to, um, I, I feel. like I, I was, um, From what I've heard, it's... Um, Frontier do fly a few of the streamers out to PAX every year, but um, uh, but mainly, um, if, mainly if they want to fly us out, I'm not going to cry about it. <laughs> you have to start doing a lot of streaming. <laughs> hint, hint, hint. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I I don't know if they do anything of a comparable scale here, really, apart from the expo in 2017. Is anything they uh, do here of the same size? That's Gamescom they do an elite meet as well. I don't know if they're actually doing anything at PAX or not, but they are having uh elite meet at PAX. Um Could that potentially be an announcement? It, it I think it depends whether or not they're doing it. If it's if it's just an elite meet or a frontier meet, sorry, at PAX, then it won't be an announcement. It'll just be a chance to meet the devs, say hi, maybe a couple of little sneak peeks, but nothing major. If there's a stand there and they've got publicity, yeah, then that's the. If they've got a big thing going, then yeah, but I don't know if they do it will or won't. No, it says so. That the post from Will Flanagan says we're back for another amazing Frontier meetup at PAX East. This is a great chance to come and enjoy some food, drinks, and have a little fun with the Frontier community. It's going to be a fantastic event, and we can't wait to see you there. So that doesn't that doesn't scream stand with a big mock up Coke no. three, does it? No. No, so prob- probably no announcement, I wouldn't have thought. It sort of feels intuitively a little bit early for them to start announcing things. I mean, you know, Chapter 4 hasn't really bedded in yet, has it? Well, certainly not in terms of stability. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Wow. <laughs> it's funny that you say that, Craig, because last, last week we were, we were all, we were doing quite a lot of hand-wringing about they were going to have to start announcing something soon and it was getting a bit late and all that sort of thing so it's interesting that that you perceive it otherwise yeah my feeling is that we're really only just getting to grips with chapter four we're just into it really um and the there's a lot there are still a lot of bugs in the system we all know that on on all the platforms and so it feels to me like it would be far too early yeah yeah fair enough um, it, it's it's a bit of anticipation to build up, don't you? And we're not there, I think. 
now we're the people who just want stuff now um making noises but actually what you want as a developer is an amount of time for your current product to bed in as people start really thinking about the next thing properly on a wider scale yeah i mean you could argue that people have been properly thinking about the next thing on a wider scale for two years well um, yeah but there's always, it, I mean, there's always those people who are trying to push the new things new things new things, new things all the time aren't they? yeah i guess so and and and, you, and i guess they you also need bandwidth to to sort of focus on upcoming features rather than uh still working on the last patch because presumably there's still loads of work going on behind the scenes on bug squashing let's hope so (laughs) and there's no doubt that they will be working on the on the new stuff um will in the monday live stream said i mean he more or less said as much um on the monday live stream but there's you know they're, they're really excited about you know the stuff he always says and there's no way that uh, with content to be released at some point this year they're not working on it already is there yeah well absolutely yeah well we yeah we 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 do know they're working on something um quest the big question is what and when but we had a we 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 had um obsidian ant and uh couple of that's other right that's right yeah that's right that was it and uh, we yeah, went over this fairly thoroughly a couple of weeks ago um and lots of really interesting ideas floating around which we won't go into now because we'll never get off it and what we really want to talk about is um the distant worlds 2 update uh, we want to know what you've been up to so do you guys want to just fill us in on where you've got to you're heading off to waypoint four i believe yeah more or less yeah i'm at waypoint four now i visited the the tourist spots um, during the week, and uh, I'm waypoint four. So my commander is bobbing about in space, waiting for Sunday when I'm. You next. say you say during the week. It's Tuesday today, and the route was only announced on on Sunday. Yeah, but it wasn't very far away. You mean yesterday? It wasn't very far away though. Oh, it's five okay. Kylies, which is about well, normal. It's, it's never. I say it's never very far away. There's. Um, I think I was one of the last people to get to the the previous waypoint, but. Yeah, there's no rush. You can you can take your time. You can go off 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 course. I, th- I don't think I've ever taken a direct route to any of them so far. Um, no, I only do that when I'm running when I'm running late. But this time, I um I've I decided not to pop into Collection of Wonders on this occasion. Um, I've been there before. I've done um, enough tactical face plants into that particular black hole. I thought I would give that <laughs> pleasure um, a miss on this occasion. So I decided I'd go to Sacagawea. Um, and then go south, so not south, down. I went down playing. So I decided to go between Sacagawea and Bay Point Four by going down to the basement and scraping along the floor. How far down have you got? Oh, I didn't go all that far, just around about a thousand light years ish. Okay, that's cool. I love going down. Down is great fun. Yeah, down is good. Oh, I hit the basement um, on my way to the previous waypoint and met up with. Well, I saw somebody else going. Uh, he was about fifteen uh, hundred ish. I was heading further down, so I just pinged him and said, "Hey, do you want to come?" And we end up three of us having a meet up at a red giant at about <laughs> minus twenty two hundred or something, which was really cool. Nice. Is there any benefit to down as opposed to up? It's the same, really. Um, there it, is yeah. no up or down in space. Yeah. Well, that's correct. That is. I, f- I find it marginally easier. I find it marginally easier to navigate the map because you I don't know up just seems like you're craning your neck, whereas down <laughs> I don't know it, 
the controls just seem easier to work pointing down. So. <laughs> what if you invert point? your controls, then it won't, will it? Well, I know it's kind of the view. You you, you can kind of it, it's I don't know. It just seems a bit harder to look around. I'm not explaining it very well. <laughs> anyway, I like going down. Where is waypoint uh, waypoint four? Oh, it's a nebula. Or is a Shinteged. A Shinteged nebula. Huh. Ah, and actually, in real life, I don't, I don't live all that far from Shinteged. So, it's quite fun. Is that, the, is that the Rusty Net nebula? Or is that just somewhere on the way? Uh, somewhere, somewhere on the way. way. Rusty Net's really cool. I, I really like Rusty Net. Um, I passed through that one on my way to Sacagawea. Um, no, Shinteged is, um, is a very, as your name suggests, um, is very blue. Um, um, it is, um, it's kind of a green one with, um, it looks like one of those, well, it looks like a wolf layer type, um, planetary nebula. So it has that muffling pattern and it's really nice. I'm sure I've been there because I've, I've, I've been looking at the, the screenshots of it and I, I'm sure I went there a, f- a few years ago, um, just completely by accident. I was plotting a route to the Great Annihilator or somewhere and, um, and I saw, uh, I saw something like a little, green and red marble and i remember thinking wow i wonder what that is um and it's before i had really spoken to many other people who played elite and went and found this and went and told my friend who was just dipping his toe into it oh, i found this really cool red and green place and he was like oh fuck off elite's really it's, it's all just black there's no <laughs> there isn't anywhere like that and i was like yeah there is um but i didn't have any screenshots so uh but it's funny to see all the all the everybody there again um because it's uh, a bit nostalgic really it's very beautiful <laughs> Well, I have to. I have to admit, when the screenshot you showed in Discord the other day of the crystals really reminded me of shadow vessels from Babylon Five. I, I don't know if you noticed it when you posted them. No, I did. I did notice the the pokey pointiness and the blackness, and I was in a black cloud as well. Um, so it was, yeah, and it was almost a bit like the oh, the shadow death cloud. Um, which actually, here's a question: Who's got a who's got a nicer ass, a shadow or a volon? <laughs> hmm. Uh, what were the um, uh, <laughs> moving diplomatically on? What were the uh, the big stories from this week uh, in the expedition? Anything exciting happened? I've had some mass jumps again, so that was good. I think that's become a weekly thing for us now on Xbox. So uh, yeah, it looks like the French are doing that a lot as well. Yeah. Perfectionists about their mass jumps. Um, I've, um, Everybody's I've always said it about the French. <laughs> just, Perfectionists yeah, with mass jumps. That's what they they're, say. They're extraordinarily Germanic about their. Um, <laughs> well, uh, the French are awfully Germanic about jumping. Yes, it's very precise. They're absolutely precise, but it's quite a thing to behold. Before they do a mass jump, they get there's an announcement in Discord, and everybody lines up, and they 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 work out what ships are in the fleet and they work out the relative numbers of anacondas to crates and then they line everybody up and they give everybody a, a, an allocated position and everybody knows exactly where they are and exactly where they're going exactly when they're it's just amazing there's nothing like it nobody else does it quite like so how long does it take them to get all together as opposed to people just jumping out all at once oh, it takes quite a while yeah it takes it's a um, but they're so practiced at it sounds like it's a lot more efficient than france uh, so <laughs> It's a very so what happens if you disobey? What happens if you disobey? Um, I think you probably get a, a baguette. Thrown at you. 
I suspect it's space baguettes, actually. You get banished from the PG and you're forced to fly in open and get ganked. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Uh, Jolly good. Um, Okay, so um, the... Go on. I was going to say an SLV got stuck in orbit. I think the I think the rescue was on Twitch recently today. Certainly, I've read um, people doing that on Xbox, and I imagine people have done it on the other platforms because one of the waypoints, uh, what was it? One of the tourist uh, locations on the way to the previous waypoint was this quantum world, this tiny, tiny, tiny planet. It's only yeah. uh, it's it's 137 kilometers either all the way round or radius or whatever. Anyway, it's tiny, and people were driving into geysers and getting themselves launched into orbit, and then and then. Yeah, and then flying off into space and having to get pushed back down by by ships. I think we we covered that last week, didn't we, if I remember? There was a story about it. I didn't know whether it was Distance Worlds or just somebody randomly doing it. It was on on that place. Yeah, because it was Primetime Casual and Greatest. Um, They started it, doing a circumnavigation of Quantum World. Is it uh, it 136 kilometres circumference? Or diameter. Either is ridiculous. It's tiny. I can't remember. It's very small, though. Yeah, gosh. That's why it's called Quantum World. Cool. Okay, so well... I'm so chuffed. There's been quite a lot of fun, actually, on DW2. It's been quite an adventure so far. And it's beginning to, it's beginning to really take its shape now. Um and people are beginning to establish relationships and you can see the integration across the platforms. It's really good now. It's really, really taking shape. I'm really proud That's of nice. everybody for everything they've done. And um, from here on out, it's, uh, there are no more stations. Is that correct? Well, apart from the one we're going to build. Well, apart from, yeah, exactly. So that must feel, that must feel a bit of a, a milestone if, you're, if, you're, if there aren't any more safety stops. I think it will do, certainly for those people who are less... Um, less experience for the you know old hands um it's the point we've all been waiting for you know the jumping off point really but yeah. um it's been very carefully planned so far that that the very large numbers of players who are quite new to the game who've joined and i i, I think i really 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 raise my hat to those players who've just had a leap for a couple of weeks and i know of several of them who thought oh i've heard of this thing i've only had the game for five minutes i'm gonna do that <laughs> i wouldn't have done that that's yeah that's <laughs> Um, I think it, so, took, it took me about 12 months before I even ventured far out of the bubble. So yeah, that's, exactly. really, that's quite intimidating. Uh, and, and, but we have got, we have kind of programmed it in such a way that it does support those players. And now is the point at which we're starting to veer off into deep space that they will really be feeling the change of, of pace from, from um, more well-trodden ground to the deep black. And, and it should that'd be quite exciting, I think. Yeah, I did think I'm registered well. I'm one of the active mechanics on Xbox, and I did think I haven't had many pings so far. And then I thought it's just because people could hop to a station. You know, oh, I bashed myself on this planet. I'll just go to one of the stations on the way, and there will probably be more calls to the mechanics because, like you say, there's nowhere to stop anymore. Oh, I'll just stop at a station. Well, there's not one. Yeah, exactly. You've been having it easy so far. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, I did it the other day. I, you know, just too busy, too busy watching the iPad and and face planted into a star because I forgot to throttle down. I thought, oh, I'll just go and dock at a spaceport, and then I thought, hey, better sharpen your act up because you're not going to really do that anymore now. <laughs> How many people were involved in the um, uh, getting the the SRV back to the planet when did it veered off? 
Oh, I don't know, actually. I, I've only seen it. I have just read over a couple of instances of people managing to launch themselves. So I, I don't know how many people it took to, to push it back. Presumably it only takes one if you can instance. Yeah, well, true. Yeah, yeah. I'd have thought that, that would be, uh, there'd be several calls for mechanics after something like that. If it's the story that we mentioned last year, they had a bunch of people trying to catch up with him and they were all basically flying too slow for to to catch the SRV in normal space. And eventually took a 700 meters per second cutter who got in front of him and then booped him back towards the planet. Oh, yes, that was it. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So well, um, we always find that really disappointing when we do that because there's a, well, as soon as you get to, I can't remember the height now, but you, you, if you're in your SRV, you insta land. Oh, do you? That's a shame. Yeah, there's, there's no transition. So it's not like you fall and you have to try to arrest that fall. As soon as you reach a certain height, um, it's something like 30 kilometers, I can't remember off the top of my head, um, you suddenly just you materialize on the ground. The most amusing place for an SRV to go is someone using the gravity, I believe, of a mega ship managed to get their SRV inside a space station. Oh, yes, I've heard that. I remember that story, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Did they get a trespass warning? It, the game bugged out, basically. Oh, let down. Um, right, well, before we get too bogged down, um, I want to move on to the main chat. Um, Distant Worlds gang, are you going to hang around and chat, um, well, our mysterious main discussion with us uh, after a brief break? Oh, uh, yeah, sure. We'd love to. Fantastic. Excellent. In that case, we'll go to a quick advert um, and, uh, and we're back in a couple of seconds. Eddie Lee Wise here. Our family-run business looks after all your sartorial needs. Whether you need something to turn your pink python purple or you want to wrap your buns up in a nice tight flight suit, Millsburn Ken can sort you right out. He's an expert at inside leg. And my wife, Barb's, is a whiz with a sewing machine. Bespoke tarting for you and your ship. Visit Eddie and Sons, plus me daughters, at Lave Station. Right, sir. Cough, please. This is a public service announcement from the Fuel Rats. Please stop what you're doing and pay attention. If we can rescue you, we will. But you can help us help you by following these easy steps. 1. Fly 50 light seconds or so from the system's main star and drop out of supercruise. 2. Note down the current system and the nearest stellar body. 3. If you're on emergency life support, log out immediately. 4. Go to FuelRats.org and click Get Help. 5. Stay calm, hold your breath, and let our seasoned professionals do what they do best. The Fuel Rats. We have fuel, you don't. Any questions? Hello again. Um, Right, so what we want to discuss uh, this week is... um, 
features that were originally uh, mooted for Elite Dangerous, um, features that appeared in early videos in the um, in the forums in the early days, um, suggested by developers uh, and never implemented. Um, and um, this includes a whole raft of things and different uh, gameplay areas. So things like um, a, like a like a full orrery map, um, sort of you know, with the complexity that the existing static map has, um, but with all the um, all the orbits, um, stealth lasers, uh, an offline mode, you know, single player off, um, uh, uh, you know, separate separate um, galaxies for a, a sort of single player version of the game, all that kind of thing. Um, and Should we get the negativity meter out, Cal? I don't actually know how we're going to do this without just... Well, I think we just need to talk about maybe the features and what we remember about the particular feature being talked about and whether we think it was a good decision to pull it or not in hindsight. Maybe it's got to accept that it's going to be a very negative episode, I think. <laughs> well, not necessarily, because some of, the, some of the things they changed and put something back in instead. So it was that's a good true. thing they changed it. That's true. Okay. Yeah, all right. That's a good idea. So a few of the things. Shan, do you want to start us off with the with the feature the feature that you miss the most and maybe the maybe something that turned out better than you expected as well? Well the one I remember because I had them on my ship until I foolishly sold them were the overcharged multi cannons and the stealth lasers that you could buy from outfitting. And they, I can't remember the exact numbers they had, but they were they were like the overcharged weapons we had today. Um, but you could just buy them off the shelf. Uh, a stealth laser was a laser that didn't heat you up, so you could go silent running and then use the stealth laser against stuff. So they kind of got replaced by the engineering um, changes, which rightly or wrongly have you know have improved the game i think largely um but yeah that was that was what i remember about those um the other ones i remember was um and it, and it was and it was mooted and i think they actually put it in a beta of one of the earlier versions was when you sold a module you used to lose 10 percent of its sale value when you sold it Does that not, I, i'm pretty sure that still happens though no, no. Oh, that ships. Huh. Oh, okay. So, That's weird. And at the time, there wasn't any module storage. So if you kept changing builds and changing ships, you would eventually lose quite a lot of money on it. Uh, and, yeah. and, there was, and there was a bit of hoo-ha about it, and uh, Frontier decided to change it, so you got back what you sold it for. Um, and I think it's definitely the B-side. Personally, didn't like the idea of the ten percent depreciation because it it made build building and rebuilding your ship a bit prohibitively expensive. Um, but it was definitely in the beta. Yeah. So, so you think that it's a good thing that that we no longer have that the ten percent depreciation? Yeah, I think so. Um, okay. I was trying to remember what I was thinking at the time, but yeah. So I thought it was good they that they. They backed that away. Uh, one of the things I think was a mistake to take away um, was the uh, hula girl bobbleheads that used to be on ships. Game breaking. Game breaking. But uh, I, 
don't think I actually ever put one on many of my ships at the time, but maybe Cow or Ben had the Hula Girl bobblehead. I never did. I don't know about Cow. Um, I'm actually of the opinion yeah. that the um, uh, that the ten percent depreciation is a good thing. Um, I quite you like mean removing it, or do you mean having yeah, it? No, then? having it. I, I like. I, I like a. I like the idea of it being if there's a if there's appreciation for ships, it, it makes sense that there's one for modules, and now you can store modules. There's not there's not a huge incentive to sell them, so I I wouldn't mind. Um, I'm a little bit um, disappointed that they scrapped that actually because I think that's quite. Um, I'm a bit of a, an immersion monkey though. So what do, what do the rest of you think? I think at the time it made a lot of sense having it in there or removing it because people wanting to chip and change and every single time you went and tried this build and tried that build, you were getting penalised big time for it. That's true, so yeah. at the time it made a lot of sense <laughs> to remove it, I think. Yeah, and it was before... It, they removed it before module storage. They so, did. Yeah, okay, yeah, that, that, that does make a lot um, And of yeah. course, you know, once you've... Once you've buffed something i guess you could say it's very hard for them to go and take it away again yeah yeah correct yeah and what um what features were originally planned that you really wish had made it into the game one of the things that i wish had made it more into the game is the ship's damage models um you know i think the anaconda's the only one that's got a proper damage model the more beaten up your hull gets the more you lose and the more deformed your ship gets. And yeah. I would have loved to see that applied to everything. And... Totally, agree. totally agree. That always really annoys me. It's one, of the, it's one of the biggest pluses of the Anaconda, in my opinion, is that it's got... Yeah. Um, but I'd, li- I'd like to see it ex- applied to things and then expand. I mean, could you imagine you're in your really messed up ship on 1% hull trying to land on some planet, especially if we get when we get atmospheres and things like that, trying to land in an atmospheric planet and your ship's being held together by duct tape and yeah. just your ship should fall apart around you. Well, well most paint jobs don't actually degrade that visibly, do they? That there isn't a huge amount of degradation in some paint jobs. Um yeah. all the paint jobs I've seen when they get to naught percent they Every leading edge has about a meter stripped off it. Yeah. It does vary. Its impact varies across models, doesn't it? The Cobra always looks great when it's beaten up, so yeah. But the Anaconda is not quite so noticeable. And if you buy a Fertile Lance, it comes with scratch paint by default. I was thought paint jobs should take longer to wear out. They seem to they seem to wear out really quickly. It doesn't take much exploration, and your paint job's already down to zero. Well, that's because they use a water-based solvent rather than uh, amateurs. Lacquer-based solvent, like they used to in the old days. I demand an engineering blueprint for (laughs) superior paint that lasts longer. This isn't the show to quibble about paint. All right, this 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 studio team are the most DIY savvy in the galaxy. In fact, somebody... Are you, are you including cow in that comment? <laughs> somebody on the Sagai server said... Um, no, it wasn't. On, it was on Twitter, I think. Said, um, uh, oh, Lave Radio. It's the, my favourite... Um, it's the best podcast about bathroom DIY in the galaxy. <laughs> I think we could all be the stars of DIY SOS, I think, if we were us. <laughs> DIY euthanasia? <laughs> 
Um, yeah, but uh, paint degree, uh, sorry, um, damage models. I think it's a huge shame that they that more of them didn't make it in. But it 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 feels like it wouldn't be given that the Anaconda has lots of um, has lots of different paint jobs and you know lots of other features like fighters and things that would presumably affect the exterior model. It shouldn't be prohibitive to like, it shouldn't be too difficult to add damage models for the other ones. Oh. No. I think it's probably more the fact of for every one you do, and then for every change you have to incorporate the different damage model states for every paint job, every skin, every ship, every yeah. every everything. Yeah, fair one. Yeah. And it yeah. just it, it escalates everything by a factor of nine or something like that. I'd imagine. Yeah. Go on, Crow. Yeah, I'm just going to say, I'm sure. Surely, if it really was that simple to implement, they would have done it. Because it's universally popular. Um, and if it wasn't any skin off their nose, they'd have done it. So it must be a difficult thing to implement. Yeah. Is it talked about that much? Yes. Yes, it is. And it's particularly early in, in Commander's careers, I find, that people, once they become aware that the Anaconda has damage models, it's like, well, why, why, why does my other ship not have it? I don't understand. How come that's, you know, and then it gets talked about and then that realisation dawns that that simply isn't the case and then it gets kind of shelved. So, oh, excuse me, I'm using my voice again. Um, so, yeah, it is talked about quite a lot. Yeah, okay, fair enough. It is noticeable that the Anaconda, Anaconda is, um, I feel like it was designed very separately from the other ships. Like the, the fighter bay looks different um, and it's got damage models and the aesthetic of it is the only one that looks like a boat. Like, I feel like there's the Anaconda has, is sort of designed according to a completely different aesthetic to the other ships. Well, well it's made of a completely unattainable element, isn't it, on any other ship in the game, with its yeah, hull yeah. being so light in comparison to its mass and, you know, its size and... Yeah, and the mass of it is just is, is silly. You can you can look at some of the ships that are much much smaller than it, and it weighs ten percent extra. And you, you think, <laughs> what, what is this made of? Foam. <laughs> but yeah, I can have all these you know lots and lots of hard points and lots and lots of internals, and it's really really tough. But but it's made of foam. How? <laughs> so it floats like a boat. Well, they they need to employ a different wiring engineer anyway. Uh, yeah, the wire. I'm looking up at my wiring now and just tutting away. It's desperately <laughs> shabby, um, but I'll forgive them because the rest of it's so amazing. <laughs> um, they, saved, so- they saved weight by having left off the cover panels for the wiring. That, that's how they got a weight down to 400 tons. <laughs> Presumably, the um, uh, for doing paint jobs and ship kits, then the Anaconda must be an absolute bugger because it involves loads more work than all the other ships because they've got to work around the, the damage model. Well, I don't think you get paint wear on paint kit on ship kits, do you? I can't remember. I, I, sure. I don't know about ship different. kits. I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, I just want to actually... I'm going, I'm going to jump onto the store and actually see how many paint packs there are for the Anaconda versus the other ships as well, though. It's quite a few. I mean, they, they released the free Galnet one recently. Okay. If there's anybody who knows about paint degradation, it's probably going to be our distant world of guests, isn't it? Probably. Have you guys seen any paint degradation on ship? I, I don't think they do degrade. That's my observation, um, is they don't. Yeah. 
I think Shipkit's paint looks different anyway. So I've got the iridescent one, and it looks it doesn't look the same as it, it doesn't catch the light in the same way as the other one. So I think they just work a bit differently. Does it do the color change thing? Uh, does it do what? Sorry. Does it do the color change thing? Yes, but it doesn't always look right, which is kind of annoying. Um, in some situations, it does, and in some situations, it looks different. So oh, what am I doing now? Uh, let's have a look at it. So, sometimes it does look. So if you park it under a star, in fact, no. What did I do? I did a little test. If I parked it under an or- under a yellowy orange star, it all looked right. But if I parked it under a blue star, the ship kit bit looked different for yeah. no good reason whatsoever. Yeah, um, weird. I'm just trying to roll it so I can see something. Where's the light gone? Can't move around now. Oh, I was behaving itself now. It is, it's strange. From certain angles, it looks right, and from certain angles, it you think, hang on a minute. So, so I think normally the iridescent one, the, sort of the default quote unquote color should be purple. But oh, yeah, you can see it now. If you look, at, if you look at my stream, there you go. I'll zoom right in. You you can see it. Um, so the, the the default should be the sort of purplish color, but the uh, the ship kit bit is a sort of strange gold. Yeah. Do you think? Uh... Well, it's open to anybody, really. Do you think that Frontier should come out and say we're not going to do damaged models? I think that would limit them in case they want to. Yeah, it would be closing a door, and that's not that's not Frontier thing to do, is it? No, no, I suppose not. No, I've not I've not heard anybody question them on it. So, um, I mean, the other thing they did say, um, and I'm not sure if that's still true. Um, but they did say for every ship there are fully modelled interiors, not textured, but interiors. So, like the Anaconda, all the compartments and stuff are actually in the ship. Ah, uh, but I don't think that's true anymore. No, I mean they said in an early. I, remember, I, I know what you're referring to, and they did say that all, and everybody was like, "Oh, that's exciting! That means we'll get to walk around them soon." But it, it, if you if you mess around with the camera suite or you exit or it glitches and you get to see inside. The only thing that's modelled is the interior of the fighter bay. Isn't there? A, there's a little bit of the corridor behind your door as well. Is there? Yeah. Yep. There are one or two little oddments as well. Yeah. The, the SRV bay is is modelled to some extent because the game was glitching out on me and getting me stuck in it, and I had to look yeah. around. Yeah, the SRV bay is definitely, and that area is done. The yeah. cargo area and things like that. It's not. It's if it is fully modelled, we can't see it, but that could be... When you're in the state where you can see inside your ship, the graphics part of your game's bugged anyway, so yeah, even, true, if it's, even if it's modelled, even if the game knows about it, it still might not show you because it's not meant to be showing you anything. Yeah, 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 fair enough. And it's not clear to me when they say modelled what they meant, whether or not they meant that's how they design the ships, that, that, that it's modelled in order for them to design the ships. So there are, when they're in ship design phase, and this would make sense, that they fully realise the interiors in order to flesh out the exteriors. I think I would probably do that if I was designing something that complex. Um, yeah. So perhaps that's what they mean by modelling. Yes, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense, actually. They've got drawings of all the inside, but they're not in the game files. Yeah, they might make be modelled of... out, you know, digitally. Yeah. It would make a lot of sense to model it... At least in whatever modeling program they use before they actually go ahead and build it, so that when and i'm I'm being optimistic and I'm saying when they give us elite feet and when we can actually walk all around our ship, they don't have to suddenly go, 
oh shit, we can't actually fit all these things in here. Oopsie! <laughs> ben, you mentioned one earlier about the uh, David Braver on the salvaging ships or salvaging carts. Yeah, well, that was, I mean, that's actually tied into the Anaconda damage model. There wasn't, there was a video during the Kickstarter, I think, where we saw a really, really beaten up Anaconda. Um, and then you were, those, you were sort of out and about salvaging cargo that had spewed from its, its busted up bays. Uh, and that looked so much better than what we get now that, it wouldn't be that hard, I'd have thought, to do to to at least mock it with the tools we've got in game, because you well, can do derelict ships, and you can spew a load of cargo next year. Do you not remember? Well, they kind of have. It's right. Do you not remember what happened when uh, Winnard had a Type Nine uh, Port Zalada <laughs> full of Imperial slaves? Oh, I thought you were talking about the bio waste at um... uh, slow. No, no, in, in game in the alpha. Oh right, no, no. It was um, roughly a bit of time because they were still doing the sort of damage models, and you're right, they were spectacular on the sort of planned ones for the Anaconda. But Winnard um, blew up his Type Nine full of Imperial slaves, and at that point, all of his cargo was floating free. So you had five hundred tons. Did it turn into animal meat? Well, it killed the instance and slowed the game down to an absolute crawl <laughs> because someone else crashed and spilt their cargo, and then you had one hundred and one items being tracked. Um, so I can only imagine that if we did get those kind of damage models, it would be very difficult to be able to scoop that cargo. But um, I think yeah, you're right. It would be nice to see when you look at the likes of uh, Star Citizen as the sort of uh, arrival game, although it's you know can't really be called a rival game because it's not a game. Um, but rival tech demo. Their their kind of um, damage models are quite special uh, and pretty, but utterly bloody frustrating and annoying um, if you're getting bits and your wheels fall off and stuff like that. Um, but quite, you know, that's again Im- immersion versus gameplay. Though. I know, yeah. but you know, immersion. You go to a mission, you get sixteen missions to deliver fucking messages. Yet you can contact your pal out in distant worlds by voice. Seriously, we can't fax yeah. in this. You know, there's far more immersion. <laughs> can you don't go and send an email? <laughs> exactly. Why that do is we an have entirely. To that is a bigger conversation. conversation <laughs> definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Do you suppose that they've that they've thought about when they look at the number of storage compartments in each ship and therefore how much cargo it can hold and the volume that that occupies? Do you think that they've actually scaled the ships appropriately or not? So going back to the comment about the Anaconda and how its sort of mass is completely wrong um, compared to all the other ships, do we think that it'll also end up being like the TARDIS in that it's much much bigger on the inside than it looks on the outside because you can possibly hold or if you if you take them out of cargo that should fit in a Viper and then scale it up to the Anaconda size, you know you probably only get like half as much or, or something <laughs> like that. I well, don't know. The, the, the answer to the my answer to your question is no. I don't think they've thought about. I don't think they they've got hard and fast rules on that. And the reason for that is that they do mess around with the sizes of compartments. They do occasionally change. They That's do occasionally true. say, okay, that can be a seven rather than a six, which doesn't mean a bit bigger. That means double the size. Um, yeah. But the other thing to bear in mind is that cargo is done by weight. So we so it's probably more sensible and more forgiving to think about the the internal compartments capacity in terms of weight rather than size. No, that's a good way of thinking of it, yeah. 
Um, I don't know, because the, the cargo containers, they all, they all seem to weigh a ton, which kind of like begs the question which, may, which weighs more of cargo container of feathers or a cargo container full of gold you know it's <laughs> they always seem to weigh the same regardless of the size don't they yeah that's true that's true although yeah and actually yeah you can visualize because they float around and stuff yeah that's a good point hmm. all right um unless anybody else has got something to chip in on um on ship interiors the the, the other one that i wanted to touch on was um uh solo and offline um so in the early days there were lots of people talking about get away from the pitchfork (laughs) (laughs) i don't i I don't mind um it's i don't have any strong feelings on it but there's two the solo mode i know that that is some people feel quite strongly about but the other one was the idea of having like a single player universe in which the um which isn't affected by other people's game so essentially the whole the whole simulation is local to you um which i know that some people were some people were really upset of, of the idea that even other players could affect the game indirectly through the bgs and things like that but this has been like a story mode or something because that what was being advertised at the time well yeah basically like just just i think it's just called single player whereby the you could you could play the game and and other players actions wouldn't affect you so essentially your your simulated galaxy would go off on a on a different tangent to uh-huh. the open one. Um, so effectively, you'd have two, or or as many yeah. or as many versions of the game that there are that are playing in that. I mean, it, it's obvious as to why they didn't do that because it it would be a nightmare, and everybody would be telling everybody would be living different stories. But um, it's interesting that it was considered. I think. It was, yeah. I, I'm actually in favour of the decision not to have online mode to basically have it as it is now. Because if you think about the exploration side of things, your exploration database would be unique to your PC. And yeah. so there wouldn't be that I've put my name on something, I'm the first one to discover something, because, heck, you'd be the first one to discover everything. And, and the other thing is, though, with a single-player galactic map is it would be possible to hack into the game and i don't know maybe search for axler or get into the code and do that kind of stuff where it's being stored on a server and have that extra level of protection it actually adds to the game mode the fact we can't just hack into the game and you know have a trainer for stuff. I mean, you used to be able to pre three. There'd be people using cheat engine could um, do all sorts of fun stuff. But yeah, yeah. So I think in in retrospect, it was a good decision. However, I understand people still today being miffed that it wasn't included, and they thought it would be. It. I, I guess it. The the pivotal thing is that, or, or or the the issue around which that revolves is that some some elite dangerous players are people who love the original game and are happy that it's been remade or that there's a new iteration of it and other people who are coming at it as a 2014 MMO and have expectations accordingly. So th- presumably like the, the former wouldn't, wouldn't want any, you know, that then they wouldn't, the former wouldn't be interested in the MMO aspect and the, the online aspect at all, presumably. It was a very heated debate at the time because people felt that you know it was offered they were going to get it 
and then it was withdrawn, uh, along with, um, I don't know if anyone else was a, a Jameson level backer. So I've got an exclusive Jameson name that I can use for a commander, except I can't use it. What, what, because, what do you mean, Jameson name? Well, exactly. There you go. So, How Jameson? I mean, no, you could pick your. So if there was a level where you, you know, they won't allow, or they're not meant to allow Jameson names in the game, so you shouldn't be able to create Commander Jameson. Um, but I registered a Jameson name way back during the Kickstarter, and it allows me to use that, and no one else. But it's never been implemented. Along with that was the Iron Man mode and the multiple commanders. That's these are things that they wanted to do. Um, Iron Man mode would being that if you die. That commander's dead. <laughs> There's no going back. Um, yeah. But that also then relied upon escape pods working, and of course we don't have escape pods really. Um, so yeah. I can you can see how the the natural progression of the games got us to where we are now. Gameplay over, um, you know, your kind of immersion and uh, crikey, if you go back in to the early uh, elite uh, sorry live radio episodes, all you're going to hear is breaking my immersion um, complaints about everything. Um, but you know, I think it was it was definitely the the sort of right decision. But I, I mean, I think I miss. Um, I wouldn't have played Iron Man mode, um, but I would have liked to have had multiple commanders. I know we're all just waiting for sales, and then we buy other copies and create new commanders. But it's that whole thing of if you could have multiple commanders, and then you could buy your stuff from the store, and. Um, do it that way, you know, where they share the the ship skins and stuff. Yeah, I can understand why they don't implement that from yeah. revenue protection reasons. It's partially it's partially implemented for the consoles, um, in as much as we don't have to buy the game again. I can create as many commanders as I want. Seriously? Uh huh. Yeah, this is a thing. Ah, is that um, is that from within the games? that within the game's UI? You just make a new account on your console, so you make a new, for me, uh, Xbox Live account or for Crow, a PS4 account. Oh, I see what you mean, yeah. So it's not... It's, just log it's in not, as them. Yeah, so it's not from within Elite Dangerous. It's it's a level above that. Yeah, yeah, it's a function. I suppose they just had to grin and bear it that um, both Microsoft and Sony have said that who whoever logs in to a console can play all the games on that console. So, you know, you just make yourself another account, which is free, yeah. and then abracadabra. It's, cool. it's definitely not a frontier decision. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they probably disapprove vehemently, but no, 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 no. Uh, I can't say it's an issue that animates me greatly. I, I don't even have an alt. I've just got the one. Um, and actually, the amount of um, how the, the pro- I make very slow progress in games. So the idea of doing it all again with another is terrible. <laughs> is anybody? Um, is anybody particularly? Um, I know that the the. The solo mode thing is a, um, or oh, sorry, the offline mode is a is a is a particular hot button because it was promised and then and then revoked. Um, is anybody here um, particularly irate about that still? Or you? I, I'm not irate about offline mode being removed, and I wasn't irate about it at the time. Um, I could understand how there were definitely some people who live in the middle of nowhere with an absolutely pants internet connection or not even an internet connection at all. And, you know, I've got a DVD of Elite Dangerous. I can plug it, shove it into my machine, and I can fly spaceships. Yeah. And I can understand how 
the requiring always on for them is is literally game breaking. Yeah. Uh, so I can understand that. And that's um, always annoyed people, I think. In all games. Yeah. The requirement the other, is always on. Uh, the other community, and this is where I actually felt stronger about it in was the modern community. Um, yeah, before I played Elite, I was very heavily... Well, not I wasn't heavily into it, but I enjoyed a lot of the mods that were done for, say, Free Space or for Oolite. And they're brilliant. The mods that you can get for Oolite, the mods you can get for Free Space, the total conversions you get for Free Space are flipping amazing. And if we could have, say, the Elite Dangerous Flight model and game, but wrap it up in Star Wars skins, you know people would dig that. Yeah. yeah um, I mean, okay, it would be copyright. Well, it you know, break copyright to no end, but it's a fan. Always thing. do though. And, yeah, they and they always do that. So it'll be you'll be amazing. And yeah, but I was just like wait. That. I just wait for everyone to reskin elite ships with Star Citizen models. Who <laughs> 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 has the nicest arse? Uh, Darth Vader or Boba Fett? <laughs> well, Darth, Darth Vader's hiding his ass, but so is Boba Fett. So who knows? No, I'm just looking down the list, and the, the other one that is quite recent um, was Open Only Power Play, if you remember that one, yeah. last year. Yeah. I'm so in favour of that. You know, it's the, what Elite is, is lacking, and, um, and its strength as well, I feel anyway, is the solo mode is one of the strengths of the game, and the private groups are a huge strength, because it allows um, people who have far more limited time to be able to play the game for half an hour in their evening, enjoy it because they're in a private group, they don't have to worry about being ganked by all these people that are screaming in the forums. What was it? What was that ridiculous for? Oh yeah, to turn off. Um, <laughs> uh, what was it? Oh, I can't remember what it was called. Then. Uh, it was to make it block. so that um, you can't block yeah. other players because you're ruining their immersion. And if they want to gank you, then they should be able to. You're like, you know, that's a strength <laughs> of this game because if you are a player of Sea of Thieves, you have to be of a mindset that players will completely destroy your ship from under you and wipe out your entire evening's gameplay. So you lose all your progress that you're making, and it's very frustrating. If that was to happen in Elite, you would be, you know, if you're on your way back in from distant worlds with your uh, billion credits worth of. Um, exploration data and some um, wee arse blows you up as you're trying to dock that's not game breaking that's not just a little bit annoying that's walking away and never coming back you know, some of us have got that the attitude of it's just a game we'll go and do it again, you know, I must have lost God knows how many billions of exploration data trying to get out to Beagle Point and back. But I see that as, as you know, my enjoyment. But I also accept the fact that, you know, I get maybe a couple of hours uh, on a, a weekend to jump into Elite and get as much done as I can. And at the moment, it's less than that. Although tonight, Live Radio is allowing me to do some Opal mining, which is great. Um, so, yeah, I think if you force a, a mode where everyone's in the open, that 
seems to me to be just another choice and I can't see that affecting anyone. Do you really need to be in power play if you're in a private group or solo? It does seem to be like you're not really engaging in the spirit of power play when you do it that way. But then again, you could say the same for BGS. Um, so, you know, at what point do you stop dictating how this game plays uh, for rules of immersion when, again, you can't even send a fax of data, you have to fl- fly it in your cargo hold? Um, it's not about immersion, though. It's about See, I, um, John. See, I, when, uh, in my head, the way the courier data missions work is it's not the fact you couldn't send the data, because, of course, you can, but that in the transmission of it, it's, insecure, it's potentially insecure. It's not that kind of... You haven't got that blockchain or whatever it is way of transmitting data to ensure it, the message hasn't been forged so, or interfered with or stuff like that. So with the equivalent of Royal Mail signed for, you mean? Well, I wouldn't call that secure, but yeah, that sort of thing. And just going back on what Cal was, was saying about lost time and stuff like that, I'm a completely different player in GTA that I am an Elite Dangerous, because if you kill someone in GTA, there's no consequence. You don't care how many times you're shot or crashed or blown up in GTA, yeah, because true. you just haven't lost anything. It's just all part, I'll get you back. And there's that element of mayhem in GTA that makes GTA so fun. And I think we're in Elite, rightly or wrongly, there's an element of, I am losing stuff that's tangible to me, so therefore I'll be more cautious. It will matter to me. Whereas GTA, you can gank and blow people up and do what you like to them, and it doesn't matter. Yeah, I totally, totally agree with that. It's the value of people's time. I this, this argument that it's just pixels, chill out, why are you getting het up? It's not real life. The idea that it doesn't have any value, but value is subjective. And if you spend all, if you spend 10 hours trying to achieve something that's just that's nullified by somebody on a whim, that does that has value to you, and it um, and it and there's a cost, and you've lost those hours. We're slightly yeah, getting off topic. Right. We are, yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's and we, we could we could spend hours on this chat. I think. Well, that's right. And the, the other one, a small one, was uh, they were talking about putting comets and other stuff in the game. But are they planned? Are there, is there any chat about them coming in? I'm pretty sure one of the, no no I'm pretty sure one of the Lavecons they've got they've said it's something that they are planning to visit but not right now was the answer which is different to the um, can't tell you about this which means it's being worked on or no never so it's yeah that's yeah that's on that's on the list yes which means like thirty six months time sort of thing thing is what would the gameplay be around comets. Trying not to get in front of them, <laughs> but I mean, is that even plausible? Because they go, they go, they go, they'd go very, very slowly. Um, so they'd, they'd basically just be like, they'd they'd be a moving um, signal source, wouldn't they? Essentially, with no gameplay attached. It'd be a moving signal source. You would drop into the comets, shift frame, frame shift, frame shift of reference. So then you would be moving relative to the cot, I guess. And once you've done that, maybe you could mine it? I was going to yeah, say, you could, yeah, rare materials or something yeah. you, could, you could find there. Yeah, mine yeah, it, get no. your void opals or whatever, get some water. It, um, mining something on the move would be quite fun. 
That would be an added challenge. But it wouldn't be on the move because you'd be your you drop out and you're traveling. Oh, yeah, you'd be moving with it. You're maybe. you're traveling relative to it at zero. But what if you're still mining it when it collides into a planet? <laughs> then you're then an you idiot. Then you go smash it How big are comets? As big as they want to be, I think, up until a certain size, and which becomes death. He's just a they standard size reindeer. Carries. I guess I mean are are they like I'm showing my ignorance here but are they like the size of houses like tens of kilometres maybe like 10k yeah they're sort of city sized aren't they they usually say things like it's the size of a Ford Buick and things like that when they talk about ones that come down through the atmosphere but I think they can be any size really yeah I guess they're sort of they're detailed by their behaviour and their movement more than it is their makeup and size yeah. Alexa, how big are comets? <laughs> <laughs> Thousands of voice assistants go off all over the world. <laughs> Going, no! <laughs> <laughs> Did you actually get anybody? Um, Jan? Well, I, turn my, I turn my... I turn my... Um, he doesn't even know what... I do. I've got several in the house, but they all, none of them respond to the A word. <laughs> all right. Mean okay. people like me who do it. Right. Apparently, Halley's Comet is 15 kilometers by 8 kilometers. Wow. Okay. That's specific. So that's Coriolis order of magnitude, isn't it? Yeah, you I guess. Mind so, yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can definitely. You can, you can definitely go and mine it. Um, I mean, there's, there's, what else could we do on them? I mean, Tourist you, destination? Could, yeah. I, I'm just thinking, because obviously you want to approach the comet from behind. Do it. <laughs> but then so the what's got talk- the nicest bum then? A comet or an asteroid? <laughs> well, <laughs> a comet's got a cloak, so you can't see. <laughs> I'm just thinking there could be some kind of, I, de- I don't want to say it, but minigame almost in approaching the comet. I think we need a brand new scanner and a brand new limpet. Naturally. <laughs> Are you talking about like the scene from Armageddon, you know, where they're flying through? That's ca- the debris kind of what I was thinking, yeah. <laughs> um, I, re- I remember something that was mentioned possibly with comets. Um, what they're called? Um, accretion disks. Was that the same oh. conversation? I don't think so. I'm but, sure. I'm yeah, accretion sure discs are more black holey type things. No, no, I know what they are, but I, uh, what I'm saying is, I'm, I'm sure somebody said um, in the same sentence, "Are comets and accretion discs coming?" And Frontier mm-hmm. said, "Wobble, wobble, wobble, maybe." Um, <laughs> is that, is that, is that ring any bells with anybody, or is that in my imagination? I'm, I'm just I'm sure. Idea of I'm Michael sure. Wobble. Yeah, I'm sure it was asked at a LaveCon panel, um, maybe even two years about exploration and things that could be seen and is there any plans for comets and things like that and I'm pretty sure it was a, it's you know it's something we'd love to do and we're looking at it but it's not on our immediate plans huh. yeah. we do know that comets are in Stella Forge they're just not visible <laughs> and there was um, somebody went off and was a there was some kind of signal source or something that was in orbit around a comet, and it was basically zipping round the system around, fo- attached onto this invisible thing that nobody could see. 
and someone then went off and worked out, yeah, that's attached to a comet. Oh, that's cool. And Frontier did confirm that. Oh, that's awesome. But they're, they're just invisible. Hmm. Maybe you could have to divert the comet or blow it up if it was going to hit up. That'd be quite a good fun. Yes, with nukes, like on Deep Impact. <laughs> yes. <laughs> deep Impact! An iron drive. No, Armageddon! You went for Deep Impact! Uh, yeah. <sighs> Morgan Freeman is the president. <laughs> yeah, but Bruce Willis, you know, I like things where Bruce Willis dies. It kind of is cathartic. <laughs> uh, right, okay, we better move on. Um... Let me think. We've covered Hula Girls, Max Support. That's that was that was implemented and then unimplemented. Did anybody how about, play how about Linux support? My no. brother-in-law did actually. Uh, my brother-in-law played Elite, got the lifetime expansion paths. Oh no! Didn't get Horizons. Got a PlayStation. Got Elite on the PlayStation. Um, still having Elite on the PC and on the Horizons and the Lifetime Expansion Pack, sorry. But he can't play he can't play on a PC at the moment. But does we're working the, on that. Does um, the Lifetime Expansion Pass uh, cross? Ah. Nope. Yes, exactly. But we are working on that and um, with oh, well, Cow knows about this about uh, Shadow. Um, he's basically he's got a shadow box on his Mac, ironically enough, um, and then that does allow him to play things. But he needs to get it set up, and Shadow doesn't seem to support joysticks properly at the moment. It's better now. The, the, the new beta works better. The new version of it is working with uh, my hot ass um, straight oh, away. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, I so to, oh, I need to. I need to test. I think again. it's definitely worth it. So Shadow is basically a cloud PC, but it gives you a a T or ten eighty Ti. Basically, yeah. Yeah. You pay, you pay 20, about twenty six quid a month, and you get yourself a a, a kick ass gaming PC. That is essentially streamed onto whatever piece of shit you've got, <laughs> is that, including, um, including tablets. I've read that that is really not not reliable. No, it is. Okay. Okay. It I've is got bollocks. it. Yeah, I've got it running on a machine just now, which links um, the Xbox Party Chat for the Xbox team and our team speak, and it just runs that link, and it's been running for three days without any problems. If I want to. You know the, the 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 concerns always one of latency, but they have yep. shown that you can be playing a game on one device, and then hand yourself to another device. It will then jump into that session and take over, closing the first session down and allowing you to continue that game from where you are. It's really That's powerful. Awesome. It's n- the latency can be there. I'm not going to say that it's not. So if you've got a game with skill checks in, like say Dead by Daybreak or Daylight. Um, you can find yourself going, is it me? Am I really this bad? Or is there a, a latency here that's affecting this? But it's yeah. marginal. It's really marginal at, at worst, uh, unless your internet connection is particularly poor. But the way that it runs and you know the gameplay and the, it's got a, was it a gigabyte um, internet connection. Yeah, it's got a brilliant it's, internet connection. So, I mean, if you're a streamer, the one of the things they really want to try and tap into is the streamer's market where you can basically 
stream from their machine a very fast <coughs> internet connection running games with full on graphics so I mean I can not say anything I mean it's £25 a month so if you think about that from a point of view of if you've got an old PC and you want to have something a bit more up to date and play Elite and Ultimate you know and and Ultra and other games and other AAA games and full graphics uh, £25 a month, is that how much you would be saving up for a PC? And how long would it take you to get to that PC level? And well, do you really want yeah. to invest in that to that level? The the yeah. nice thing about the UK is it's not even a, a, a minimum term subscription. So if you're having a month where your PC breaks down, you can just set up. It takes a couple of days to activate and then you'd have a kick-ass gaming PC for a month if you wanted and then just cancel your subscription and move on. The but, idea that you can use it on tablets and things is amazing. I've not the, the only downside to tablets is the control system, so you'd need to have a controller now. I've got a <laughs> so, so, Grant, yeah. what I've got often done yeah. on my Android tablet, I've got my tablet, PlayStation controller connected via Bluetooth, Bluetooth keyboard and mouse, and it works. Yeah. I try wow. to do it on my iPhone. What are you playing? Yeah, well, you could. I suppose you could do it in your iPhone, but you can't. You can't use a mouse on your iPhone, can you? Or a keyboard? No. So you're a bit. Or stuck. a keyboard? Oh, okay, I think you no. Can you can use a keyboard. keyboard. We have to get. Um, what is it? I've got. I've got a a Bluetooth or a wireless Bluetooth thingy controller that's compatible mm. with iOS, but they've got so many as usual. It's consi- yeah. You know, cons- I just, I just use a PlayStation. What doesn't? Yeah, I've just got a PlayStation con- PS4 controller. And it's like, oh, there's a, there's a controller there. I'll use that then. Thank you very much. Don't mind if I do. But, you know, because I wanted so, it for that, because then I could go, you know, play Elite. If I'm doing exploration... Get yourself an Android an- grant. Yeah. If I was playing, you know, <laughs> exploration or something where it's just jump scoop and doesn't require much in the way of um, interaction with controls, then um, I would love to have been able to just continue doing that by just transferring it onto my phone and... Um, using oh, just a yeah, standard game controller just to do the jump, scoop and honk and all that stuff and then Aye. it allows me to sort of spend time with my wife pretending I'm paying attention to what she's saying <laughs> <laughs> is, it, um, is it good enough to replace rigs then? Because I mean this, Good enough to replace what, sorry? Like a, a gaming rig at home. This PC If you've out. got a decent, if you have a decent internet connection, yes. And by decent I mean 15, 20 megabit plus yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Wow, okay, um, that's a big claim. That, so, that, probably, that probably means I don't have to buy another PC, ever. Pretty good. <laughs> well, that's, that's basically the other their part idea. Their, their selling point of it as well is that when the new technology comes out, they will put that through all the systems. Now, I think they're talking about different levels of subscriptions. Uh, I think that's obviously to, to tackle the points, but it'll be one of those things where that technology will roll down through the platform. Yeah. So they're you know they're expecting to be doing 10, uh, 2080s at some point, uh, but they've not got that confirmed yet. But the idea is that you never need to upgrade it. It's a cloud PC. Um, yeah, that's what I, so good. What do I run from it? Yeah, so I mean, yeah, you could run your streaming from it. They're happy for that. But obviously you cannot run Bitminers or um, any yeah, kind of web service yes. or something where you're doing a streaming service from there where you're breaking terms and conditions. So... Yeah. But yeah. for gaming... Don't go and use it for torrenting and things like that. They will be very upset. But yeah. um, and presumably for most people, um, especially for... Um, Especially if you're if you're not earning a great deal, twenty five pounds a month is 
so much more affordable than a thousand pounds every every five years and that is the key isn't it it's it's 25 pounds a month all the time yeah um whereas with a pc you have you've got this break there's a new new bit of hardware that comes out but you think oh i need to go and get this and it it just smooths the curve out yeah it's rather not than having spikes of investment yeah are the um, are the machines in the UK now? Because when I first read about Shadow, the machines were all in the US, and it was um, uh, and the latency was a big problem. There's a big UK. So the machines YouTube. are Brexit proof, are they? <laughs> well, we, we don't know about that yet. But then, do we know anything about that? Um, it's there's a UK team, and they are very friendly, and they are you know they're they're looking for people to. I mean, obviously, we we've not and have not received any payments or discount codes about shadow i think one of the things that you know is good with live videos that we don't take payments we we want to be uh, unbiased as we can and when something's good tell you that it's good and when something's shit tell you that it's shit um and shadow from my point of view was something i tried now i think there was someone who was trying the shadow play version um, but I didn't ever hear back from that. I did sign up to it, but you know, never got in. And I think there are other ones that will be appearing over the next few years. But Shadow Tech have definitely um, beat the, the the sort of beat them to the bite. But the other thing that I've not tried yet, and it's not available, um, is their box, their streaming their box. box. And I'm I tried that at e- I tried that at EGX uh, when it was obviously just a demo. And at EGX, it worked very, very nicely. But obviously, that was EGX, and it was sort of all set up and all. Well, I'm not going to say it was an ideal environment because it really, really wasn't. Um, but at EGX, I think we were playing Fortnite and Rocket League and things like that, and it worked. You know, and it was working very well just using these tiny wee boxes that looked absolutely gorgeous. I'm just I'm trying to start up my shadow box just now, and of course, you know, because I'm trying to start it locally, it's take. There we go. I'm in now. Can you um? Can you log into um? Do you log? Do you, do you open your Steam library on your PC and then and then open no, the shadow box? I it's it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a brand essentially a whole new PC. Yep, you can set it up how you want, run your software, put your office software on it, whatever you want, it's oh, on there. God, that's so good. Um, and you can so you can log on to the same PC anywhere, basically. Yeah, so yeah. basically, you know, any anywhere that you put the software on, log in. Um, I have problems, and I won't, so I'll tell you my downside is that mm-hmm. Windows updates slow things down, so they're a pain in the arse, um, but all my Steam games, the big games that um, I can install on that and therefore save my hard drive space, you can buy more space with them as well. Um, but you can then log in on any computer in an internet cafe and play your games over Shadow if you wanted, or an internet cafe is that maybe a couple of hundred years ago, um, <laughs> or any sort of you know in that respect is good. But what I find is sometimes when I fire it up, it just plain sits there saying you know attempting to stream the game. It says the PC is up, and then it's waiting to sort of render the video, and then it just doesn't. And I just sit there going. So I've sent in a couple of. Um, tech tickets basically saying that I can't seem to get in and then no sooner have I sent the ticket than the damn thing goes in, and then you get in. Um, so yeah. there, there, it's not perfect but it's pretty I've had that good. but then I'll, I'll come in and I'll have that but then I'll just close the client down again 
and restarts again, and this time it works. Um, so, so just yeah. for the stream, I'm actually starting up GTA just now, and they can see, you know, they can see what it's like. Oh, it works. I'll switch to Ben's feed. Oh, I can't see your feed. What's well, if it's GTA, it'll be twenty minutes before it loads up. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. the thing. That's the thing. Like, that, that's what sold me on Shadow. That 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 exact comment. What you just said. Because it took five minutes on Shadow. And I was like, are you kidding me on? What the hell? <laughs> so going into online mode, rather than watching a cloud for two and a half hours, um, it actually mm. took me into the game blooming well quickly. So it's great in that respect. There are obviously downsides yeah. to cloud computing, because if something goes wrong, you can't just you know, oh, kick, if kick it no and throw it out your window. Yeah. And yeah, if your internet connection's gone, then you, you've gone. You can't do anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but if you're online, I really can't complain about it. Well, that's the thing with Elite. If your internet's down, you can't play anyway. Unless, true, of, course true, true. unless of course we had offline mode. If you want, sorry. If your internet's down, you can't do anything. You might as well just curl up and wait for the apocalypse. Oh, if internet's down, I just go and watch um, DVDs or some some thing on actual discs rather than being able to watch the same film on Netflix. I remember discs. They were pretty. They were weird. Yeah. Discs, were weird. discs make good coasters, though. <laughs> right, we are so far off topic. We are yes. very so off topic, by, yes. Are you, um, I can't see the Twitch things. Are you demonstrating Shadow still? Or oh, are we, um... I, I'm loading up GTA in in things, but we can talk about other stuff as well. So, hey. Yeah, okay. Well, what we'll do is we'll we'll come on next week's show. We'll come back when you've logged into GTA, and you can demonstrate. <laughs> uh, I'm kidding. Um, all right. So the, the one other thing that was an unimplemented feature um, yes. that uh, Polish Dan brought up that is a really good point because it was in a, an initial dev diary was the in-game economy in Elite Dangerous. Um, and we had a really interesting chat about this uh, in our recording studio um, earlier this week. Um, and it was basically highlighted that commander's efforts uh, trading can affect the uh, can affect the demand of a station, bring the demand down, but they can't affect the supply. You can't sell void opals to a station and then suddenly they've got some void opals available for somebody else to buy. Um, so the question I want to pose to all of you is, is that true? Um, have you ever sold enough of something to a station that suddenly they've got some? Or is that an omission? Um, and I guess the follow-up question is, if it's an omission, does that matter? I've never managed to do it myself, so I'm, I'm assuming it is indeed an omission. It, w it would be a cool thing. It would be a nice way to integrate mining with lots of other things in the game, you know, if if you couldn't just go somewhere and get it because because you always get it from there, and because EDDB told you it was good, you actually had to think, oh, where are people bothering to mine this week? Oh, it's over there now. Okay, I've, I've got to bother to get it. And yeah, had the quantities appear in the same session, but as soon as I've logged, either logged out or logged back in again, or left the station, jump somewhere and come back. They've gone. So if I would sell, I don't know, this is previously, if I sell, I don't know, 100 tons of Imperial slaves, then the station will have the Imperial slaves in stock until I relog or leave the station, and then they'll go. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Is that because 100 is a small number, or is that because... That's just um, something I made up at the time. It's not no, 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 but, yeah, I, I know, but what I'm saying is, is it because... 
the numbers that individual commanders can supply to a station are necessarily small, or is that because they're not persistent? No, I was saying whatever I sold to the station would appear in the station commodity list as being purchasable until I logged out or changed the station. Yeah, but what, yeah, I, um, I guess what I mean is, is, is in the time that you've logged out and in, is there a chance that the, those stocks have just immediately diminished naturally because individual commanders, one shipment doesn't go far for an entire city? I don't think so because the places I trade at didn't actually have any commanders trading. It was all NPC trade. Yeah, okay, fair enough. I mean, I, I, can't, I can't think of a use case in which it would be useful to be able to boost the supply of something in a station. I mean, if, 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 if we already have the effects simulated by missions and things, like, you know, bringing basic medicines to a, an outbreak station does demonstrably alleviate the outbreak state. So, if we, so, so that's already in the game. I can't think of a reason why simulating commanders affecting the supply in the commodities market would matter that much, really. Nobody? I'm trying to think um, it through. Sorry. No, just... I, I think I'm in the same as Shan. I think you double you doubled what you said there, and then I'm trying to figure out what you actually said. Oh, sorry, sorry, my fault. Okay. <laughs> I, I guess what I meant was if um, the point about the economy was that commanders can't um, by selling things to a station can't um, add to the supply in the commodities market. Um, and then I was trying to think of a, a reason why you'd want to do that. And then, and then one reason might be, for example, to do things like alleviate an outbreak state uh, system state by sending basic medicines to it. But that's already in the game. That's already simulated. Well, what you could do, you see, is you could actually undo the efforts to alleviate the outbreak state by as soon as someone sold the medicine to the station. You brought them out. You brought them up again. Yeah, so true. Rent, so you kind of have that <laughs> buying stuff to deprive something of someone. You can have it linked to other things. So maybe if there's a shipyard, the shipyard can only build or can only sell certain types of ships if it's got a decent supply of ores and metals and whatnot. And if you don't bring those, then you can only buy cobras. You can't. You can't get anything else. Yeah, and also you have limited supplies of ships or um modules yeah yeah if you want more then you know you will have to go and mine some more and then it'll build some more or something like that i like the idea that you could um <laughs> you control stations by just like systematically buying up everything they need as soon as they get that amuses me it's probably um it's probably an open door for um quite antisocial behavior i imagine yeah but it's, it's quite an emerging gameplay isn't it yeah 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 good point I mean, I know I've definitely seen when you're, say, doing a CG, then you can definitely empty stations out. That's easy enough to do. I've you... never seen a station being filled up, though. That's did, the point. That's, did that's you ever yeah. play and a game called The Patrician? Called what, sorry? The Patrician. It was kind of like your civilization colonization spoofy boat trading game. And one of the things about that was you couldn't build ships unless you had all the materials in that village. And anything you bought in, would you sold to it, would increase the numbers or decrease the numbers uh, in this, the station or the ports. Um, and what that meant was, the, the you know, the, but that's a single player. Um, 
So when uh, when you have those circumstances, it means that yes, you'd have to bring the materials into a station, and as a player group, you would we you could make or break a station. You could starve a station. You could actually put a a proper. Uh, what would you call that um, when you starve out the enemy by blockades? You could blockade a station and actually have an effect on it, um, and that's a, you know it's an interesting player model. But I think the reason why we don't have that is because it's an interesting player model that people would abuse big style because they did talk about the fact that you can't store commodities, and the reason for that was that people would just buy up all of a commodity and stockpile um, everything. render it useless to people so you couldn't get a hold of things. But, you know, you just get them, you know, as they did in the patrician, storage fees. <laughs> so the more they took, the more they pay in fees, the more difficult it would be. But as you can see with the Void Opals and the money you can make from that, credits are not important in this game. They're just not important. They're too easy to make and uh, yeah, it does affect the economy. So you would have people... What you want is... Um, yeah, it would be nice that when you sell void opals at a station and you get maybe 400-odd void opals there, that they appear on that station at that level purely so that people can buy it. So maybe mined commodities and commodities that cannot be purchased normally, that have to be manufactured by players, it would be nice to see them available in stations so that people who haven't got the ability can pay for them at a markup price and um, then get the use of them for whatever missions they're running, etc. Um, that could be quite would cool. You like, would you like an economy, like in the X games, like X4 and all that kind of stuff? Was that something you'd want to see in Elite? I don't... I mean, I, li I like player-led economies as because of the ability for people to be clever and to, to you know, you can flood a station uh, and um, have an effect on the gameplay and make it more interesting, or you can starve a station and create a a boom or a bust and that is definitely probably the reason why it won't happen but those kind of things are quite nice you know when you think about it everyone goes to Lave and buys the brandy Lave should have a golden station by now it should be made <laughs> out of solid gold and I think you know when it comes to your distant world station building and stuff once you've passed your CG a station shouldn't appear there but a number of missions to supply that station with its building materials should then occur. It should be the start of something. And I know that that's not necessarily a fair way of doing it, but it's certainly a more interesting and fun way. You know, that's what we as the Hutton truckers live for, is the kind of ridiculous, we need 8 million tonnes of this particular commodity. There's next to no profit in it. And we're like, OK, what's, what's the catch? Oh, it's um, 2 million uh, light years away. We're in! <laughs> you know, it's it's not about the, the stupidity of it but it's about the fact of tackling something that is a challenge for the reason of the challenge alone but yeah I think if you have the economy it becomes weaponized, it becomes manipulated and our um, player base are far too mischievous for that mischievous very diplomatic word <laughs> yeah well you know and some of them are just downright yeah um, who's got the nicest bottom <laughs> <laughs> Right, okay. Um, we had a letter through this week from um, Commander Caractacus Potts, um, and it was a really, really lovely, uh, quite long email, quite discursive, um, on a topic that we discussed last week, which was, um, I think it was last week, which was uh, the idea of 
potentially um, having building and base building in Elite Dangerous in the future. Um, and Commander Potts went to quite a lot of length explaining his thoughts on how this might work. And we just wanted to say thanks for writing in. It was um, it was really interesting to read, and your thoughts are very good. And I personally would love to see um, spread out on worlds all over the all over the galaxy, little bases built by players um, and player groups. Um, and if it was something, if, if we could ever get past the persistence problem, um, it, I would absolutely love to see it. Uh, ben, did you you got back to Caractacus, didn't you? I got back and I got back to him actually with something that I think Cow would love or the truckers would love in that yeah you know, I was saying that I quite I what I would love to see with this is the thousands and thousands of failed bases because if we're going to do it I want to do it properly and I want like Grant said I want you you, you it's the start of the process you've got to then go off and build your station you got to maintain it You've got to ship out the oxygen if it's on an ALS world. You've got to ship out the food, the drink, everything. You've got to turn <laughs> that thing from a few cargo crates into a into a community. And yeah, I'd love that. I think it'd be so good. I would love that, and I think it would be amazing. But I want to see the failed attempt yeah. at this, yeah, yeah. because it would just be... Everything would die, and there'd be... No, you you realise how much hard work it really is, and there's loads of um, there's loads of failed outputs um, already yeah. in the game. So um, it, it there's it would be perfectly in universe to have um, failed failed outputs. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it'd be really good. And actually, considering the things that were done, like with the August Exodus in three three zero two, when with all the stuff shipped to Jax, it would it would give it would give a reason beyond roleplay to do things like ship. Um, yeah. habitation modules and actually at the moment the commodities are just different words in a spreadsheet uh, if it doesn't you know it, the having um articulation motors versus basic medicines doesn't make a great deal of difference apart from the profit and it, yeah. if, if the commodities factored into base building it would be awesome I mean, taking it back to what we did the, for the community goal for the distant worlds you know that was it was a great community goal but the stuff that we had to go and collect to build this base would not a base build. No, no, it's, it's always completely irrelevant. Never like bricks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we want you to collect 10,000 sheets of metal. Yeah, exactly. We want loads and loads of... <laughs> no, we want tantalum. Yes. Yeah, well, nobody sort of, does anything with tantalum. It's sort of like space scrap heat challenge, really, isn't it? <laughs> hmm. We we, we were doing to do um, is build a functioning space station out of scrap that you find around this system. Oh god! <laughs> yeah. We were um uh we we we're talking about a uh, a CG for building a, a base, and I think that it was the, the closest thing we could come to useful to useful um, materials was computer components. So we're going to build an entire starport out of computer components. Seems I think it's slightly more reasonable than someone you know, who build a computer bay out of brandy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, Which okay. might work, actually. <laughs> I think Lave Station is brandy, isn't it? It probably is. It should be. Just cases and cases, crates and crates of crates brandy. Crates and crates of brandy, yeah. 
Um, so anyone watching the stream, though, they can see. Yeah, I'm running GTA at the moment on Max everything basically, and it looks smooth fine. Yeah, smooth as butter is beautiful. How does it? Um, does it? Uh, does it adapt to your monitor effortlessly? Oh God, yes. What's even better is it'll it'll take my 4K thing and then put it onto a 1080 monitor. That's cool. Um, and obviously, it can't do it properly at 1080, but it still says you're running you're running 1080. Yeah, yeah. And presumably, you can um, mess around with the in-game set. Yeah. To make it uh, like um, super sampling or whatever. You can yeah, you can do what you want with it. Um, yeah. Right. Okay. Um, Less boosting shadow, which is undeniably brilliant. Um, Shoutouts. Uh, as we say every week, LaveCon uh, this year is happening 4th to the 7th of July. Um, and did we say that tickets would be available um, sort of February or March? Is that what we said last week? Soon TM. Soon TM. Fair enough. Well, yeah, stay tuned to our channels for tickets um, on LaveCon this year. Um, our sister station, Hutton radio broadcasts on thursdays from 8 30 at um tv.forthemug.com or um radio.forthemug.com uh, and just for the um uh, i don't understand that bit just for the audio um anyway the cqc discord uh is also available. the discerning commander who likes a cqc um i'd like to say thanks to uh those who have joined us in the twitch chat today um and uh and that's about it for another episode of uh lave radio so um if you'd like to get in touch with the show email info at laveradio.com uh find us on facebook at facebook.com forward slash lave radio uh at lave radio on twitter um or you can join our discord chat channel by going to discord.io slash lave radio you're welcome to join our TeamSpeak server who still uses TeamSpeak? why do we say this every uh where commanders come to hang out and chat, uh, which is teamspeak.laveradio.com. Lave Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30 and streamed out on laveradio.com forward slash live. Um, thank you to our marvellous guests, John Burnage, All Crows Are Black, and thank you to our um, our regular studio panel, Weiss, Shan, and Cow. Do you guys all want to say goodbye? Goodbye. Bye bye. <laughs> it's like kids TV. Brilliant. <laughs> I was tempted to do the goodbye in a Jeff in a George from Rainbow Voice. You know? <laughs> I want to Go- hear this now, Shan. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. Well, until next time, uh, thanks for joining us. Um, fly safe. And if you can't do that, Fly dangerous. Is your life like this? Someone's having an orange inserted. Need a safe word. Space can be done.
going to see the galaxy. February 3305. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, Pilots Federation link to alien abduction cover-up. 205 and still going strong. Pirates Union demands protection. Pilots Federation link to alien abduction cover-up. Commanders are being disintegrated by a mysterious alien ray, and the Pilots' Federation is trying to cover it up. This conclusion follows a bizarre and unsubstantiated rumour that famous film star Consuela Knight, who has been disintegrated and possibly abducted and reassembled by aliens, is in fact alive and well, and living in a health retreat in Rhea. There are no communications facilities at the retreat Skyglow Havens on the Rhea Archipelago. But Galnet Digest sent a reporter there in person, only to discover what we already suspected. Consuela Knight is not in residence. This lie that Knight staged the abduction as a publicity stunt is being spread at the highest level possibly to reverse the loss of revenue by travel companies who've seen bookings down by more than 50%, but more probably as an attempt to hide the terrible truth about alien abductions from a galaxy that is not yet ready. If ever there were doubt about the existence of the Thargoid Disintegrator Ray, the way the Pilots' Federation has tried to hush it up is proof enough. 205 and still going strong. The Pilots' Federation has been celebrating its 205th anniversary this week, and it shows every sign that it'll continue providing services to independent pilots everywhere for the foreseeable future. Founded back in 3100, the same year that Cowell and McGrath released the Cobra Mark III, which back then was known as the Cobra, The very first pilot to attain elite rank was the celebrated Commander Peter Jameson. Back then, there was only one elite rank for combat, with the trade and exploration ranks not being added for another 200 years. 
The Pilots Federation predates the first confirmed sightings of Thargoids by more than 20 years. And it was founded more than 130 years before the Alliance. It predates the revolutionary frameshift drive by almost 200 years. Despite the way it's revolutionised intergalactic travel, the FSD is amazingly only eight years old. The Pilots' Federation celebrated its birthday by giving all commanders a free paint upgrade for their frankly quite tatty Cobra Mark III's. Several key members have recently left, including Holovid presenter Ed Lewis and the man who put the boom into mining, Ross Stack. But the Pilots' Federation remains confident, if somewhat tight-lipped, about its future. Pirates' Union demands protection. The Pirates and Gankers' Union has demanded that the Pilots' Federation step in, after it was revealed that unarmed traders and explorers have been refusing to be their friends citing a number of cases where defenceless ships have failed to rendezvous with their uber-engineered cutters solely on the basis of the extensive collection of videos they've posted online boasting of their merciless destruction of unarmed ships, the Union has asserted that pirates have feelings too and that it's hurtful when no one wants to play with them. They also assert that flushing their new friends' heads down the toilet is all part of the fun, and that everyone would enjoy it if only they were willing to give it a go. The Pirates and Gankers Union then gave their apologies, saying that it was getting late, and that they needed to go home in time for Mummy to tuck them up in bed with a nice mug of Horlicks. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to.